reach out to everyone, network, network, network. Like literally send a message to whoever you see on Instagram whose work you like, ask to collaborate, or just like tag along and carry their lights. Hey everyone, you're listening to the 2M Creative Labs podcast. On this episode, we have Jackie Funk, photographer and photography student at the Prairie View School of Photography. We first had her on one of our videos exploring abandoned houses, and on today's episode, we got to speak about a lot of various topics. We learn about how she got started from culinary and jumped to photography, the idea of collaboration in her work, and filling your creative cup. Enjoy the episode. Okay, well, thank you for listening. It's 2M Creative Labs, and we're here today with Jackie. Uh, Juan is also here today. Hello. Uh, Maybe we can start with having you introduce yourself and tell us what you do. I am Jackie Funk. I am an aspiring photographer and photography student at Prairie View School of Photography. (laughs) Very cool. It's strange that you say aspiring because (laughs) your photography is awesome and amazing. Okay. Which is so weird. I feel like introducing myself as a student and an actual photographer kind of like conflict each other. So... Does it? I don't know. <laughs> I always had that conversation in art school, actually. It's like, are you an artist if you're selling art, but you're a student? And some people would say yes, and some people would say no, because Personal you're opinion? learning. Yeah. Know. I'm also know. very hard on myself, so. <laughs> Creative trait. <laughs> okay, I have a list of questions. Uh, feel free to ask me questions, too, if you want. It's really just a discussion. Great. Um, what inspired you? Because I know that you have a background in culinary school. So what inspired you to switch from culinary to photography? Um, it was really not an inspiration at all. Um, it happened really unintentionally and organically. I guess I've always been innately creative and never really knew it for a long time. It was kind of my outlet. And uh, food was my creative outlet. And then uh, I got into the restaurant industry and it was horrible. The environment is everything basically that the horror stories you hear are real for the most part. Not everywhere, not everyone, but a lot of it is true. Um, So I had to get out and my family literally just liked my cell phone photos. (laughs) So they got me um, a Nikon D3200, which is like a baseline entry level camera for Christmas. And I started going to um, photo walks and like group meetings with other photographers in Winnipeg. And it's just such an amazing community. Everyone is so supportive and loves to share their knowledge and uh, just kind of dove, dove in headfirst, kind of under the wing of a lot of other photographers in Winnipeg. So there was no going back after that. <laughs> That's so nice. Well, actually, you too. You're not from a arts background. So. Not, re- not particularly, no. I sort of had like a dabbling into creative things like digital art and um i did 3d modeling for a fair bit throughout high school Mm -hmm. and like doing a bunch of texture work for uh games but creative things have never really seemed viable so i kind of just went out but then you know i picked up a camera picked up my dad's camera took it to switzerland i'm like oh this is kind of fun and then people were saying you should you know see where this could go and well here we are now stressed out and pulling my hair every now and then but <laughs> truly having the best food. having the best time of my life as well food. right absolutely so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. i feel like that's a very common story though for creative people it's like they've always been creative and then they just pursue it eventually at some point yeah. sometimes after it, it clicks college. one day and yeah mm-hmm. 
Yeah, there's not a, not a lot of people who are like, hey, I'm an artist. Yeah. I'm going to art school. <laughs> grow That's up. That's five. I'm going to be an artist when I grow up. <laughs> exactly. It's so rare. Um, okay. What is the difference between art photography and portraiture and landscapes? So more on the product photography side of things. And I know we talked about this earlier and you said this is like the argument for (laughs) photography. Just dive right in. So what's your opinion? My personal opinion, because it is an opinion-based question, very much so. Um, Well, first, what I think art is, is basically a manifestation of someone's response to the world or their own emotions, whether that be like dance music or a physical manifestation. There's lots of different mediums. So I think that all photography is art in its own way. I guess the blurred line is when you get into capital A, fine art. I personally have no idea how you assign monetary value to something like that. Um, I haven't reached that point. I don't know if I ever will, (laughs) but... Yeah, but <laughs> it seems more like an art history, art historian kind of thing, or art curator to assign monetary value because it'd be weird if artists are like, this is worth millions of dollars. <laughs> you know? Art photography, I've just, I would agree with you actually. It's very, very much like an emotions based thing. Like while I was talking to you earlier about the, she did like strange food photography and it kind of looked sickly and it was, it was about, emitting an emotion or of what is it like discomfort I suppose which you don't really do for portraiture like you don't shoot a wedding being like I need this photo to look uncomfortable (laughs) (laughs) but I feel like for wedding photography it does still evoke an emotion because if it's properly photographed you should feel the emotions that the subjects are being felt on that day yes absolutely and that's where the blurred line is, I suppose. <laughs> what do you think, actually? I think I like the idea. I mean, whenever... The first time I picked up the camera, I always remember, like, I want to be able to convey, like, whatever I felt when I went to this hike or when I went to this event. Like, that was really the only thought that was running to my mind, was how can I get somebody else to look at this and feel the same way that I felt in this moment that I took this photo? And if you, if you bring that towards your definition of art, like, that makes a lot of sense, that photography, whether you are like taking portraits or landscapes, you want to convey that sort of emotion. When you get to things like products and um, things like creating for brands, it's sometimes more towards displaying their things in the best light, not necessarily trying to convey an emotion of how you feel about... It's a commercialized emotion, I would say. Yeah, I guess on the very technical side of things, like I've been hired to do things before where they say, we want to market to this audience and we want this feel for it. We want this emotion to be felt by this audience for this reason. Make right. it look that way. So it's not necessarily capturing like an authentic emotion in the moment, but creating one separately. That is a good mm-hmm. way of putting Which it. I feel like is kind of an art in its own way, but a different kind for sure. Yeah, definitely. Interesting. I guess if you look at that from uh, the dis- what, uncomfortable food photos, the yes. vision was I want food to look uncomfortable. Whereas for a commercial brand, like I want this product to look happy or I want this to draw delicious or exactly like warm, you know, and you have an emotion may not be the emotion may not be marketable or maybe it is depending on who you are. But for you think about your general audience and who you're kind of pushing that out for versus for art, at least for me, for my own landscapes, if I just wanted to 
it was just whatever I was feeling at the time. It was really for a personal thing than anything else. I suppose most art is like that then because... Well, you definitely get both sides. Like yeah. you get art that is the artist expressing their own emotions and then you get art that is supposed to make you feel a certain way. And sometimes that overlaps and sometimes it doesn't, but... Mm-hmm. Yes. That makes yeah. sense, yeah. Okay, I, I like would agree. <laughs> I like it. There's no debate here. There's no debate. <laughs> Once again, all personal opinions. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> Disclaimer. <laughs> don't hate me. <laughs> we don't know any art photographers yet, so... <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> so, when I was looking through your Instagram, you have, like, quite a wide array of styles and concepts, and you put it in, like, little bars of three, and it's so interesting. And so, where do your ideas come from? Oh, so many different places. (laughs) Um, So most of my ideas come from me either seeing something um, that somebody else has done or something in the world around me. And that kind of sparks like the beginning of a thought. And then a lot of the time, the rest of it is very spontaneous. I'll be like, okay, so I saw this pattern on a wall that the sun made through a curtain. And then I'll try and recreate maybe that pattern with a model. And then the rest is super organic. I guess collaboration, honestly, is where most of my ideas come from. Shared ideas with other people. Because I work with like different models and different photographers. And it always just comes together into something beautiful. And not a lot of it is necessarily pre-planned. <laughs> None of it's planned? Not much of it, no. Like, wow. for example, like the milk bath photos I did. Yeah. We, we're gonna have a milk bath photo shoot, obviously, mm-hmm. but like what exactly I wanted to come out of that wasn't pre-planned. You didn't have like a shot list or like ideas coming into it. it was it was just this is a concept, let's just see where we can take it. Absolutely. Yeah, that's how I do most of my work. Interesting. And that's... then my favorite photos are always the most spontaneous, organic ones. See, this is this is a very foreign way of working to me because <laughs> I like draw everything out and have plans. This is why we, yeah. This is the disconnect between us sometimes. Because like, that's how you do it. It's like I have a bunch of like the the crane shoot. Remember the crane shoot? Like we folded a bunch of cranes. Oh yeah, yeah. And I had a box of them, and I was like, let's take this to the studio. I don't know what's gonna. I don't know what I'm gonna do with it. And Absolutely. I, we just thought, like, I'm gonna just throw it at you and we'll see how it goes. <laughs> Yeah, because I find, I don't know if it's just like how nitpicky I am or my way of thinking, but if I have like an exact shot I want in mind, I don't know if it's how hard I am on myself, but I can never achieve that to my idea. And I hate it. I'm like, I want to do this. And then no matter how hard I try, it is never 100% good enough to me. Whereas yes. if I do things as I go, I don't have those predisposed notions that I have to meet or achieve and then it's just I'm happy with the like I just think it's beautiful I don't know <laughs> it's like organic creation then mm-hmm. versus planned because if you think about it you may not necessarily know how your models are going to react to the milk bath but if and you might have this vision that you had pre-planned that like I want them to play with it like this or sit in it this way but then when you they get into it they don't sit that way or that doesn't make sense to them you're capturing how it just works naturally for them and then you as your experience builds you have ideas that oh maybe you guys could try it this way or just move around and that's true i do find shoots with models have to uh be based around what models actual natural emotions are Mm -hmm. and habits or if you try if you have an idea like hands i have a thing for hands i love hands in my photos but a lot of the times 
if I ask someone to do something with their hands, they overthink it and I get like these claws. Yes. And it just looks super or, like, awkward. Or like the smushy hands to face thing. <laughs> yeah, you're yeah. like, do this and they actually put all their weight on it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so it's definitely like an idea of emotion and then you let them do it as naturally as it comes to them. So, yeah. And that's why I feel like all of my ideas are actually collaborations with another person. That's so cool. That's a great way of thinking. I think that's also why your art or art, your photos are so nice because it's just so natural. Everything, like the models are so natural. It's like she created these events for people to just take yeah. part in and just documented how they would. That's absolutely yeah. how I That's approach genuine. photography yeah. though. Yeah. Every session I do is an experience for both of us as opposed to just coming out as content or photographs. You can see it. It's awesome. <laughs> That's so cool. I need to do that more. <laughs> well, I do product stuff, right? I'm so like, it's anytime. much different. I live off of that, so. <laughs> Is creativity an innate skill or an acquired skill? Yes. <laughs> um, I feel like it's definitely both. There are absolutely okay. people who are innately creative mm-hmm. and it comes super naturally to them. But um, especially like learning in school, we have a creative imaging class. And it's been really cool to watch some of my classmates who are less creative kind of like find it. Um, what does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> well, she's just been teaching us ways like understand ourselves better and nourish and reach into that creativity. I think it's in everyone a right. little bit in a different way, but accessing it is a lot harder for some people. So like she started making us do, for example, we have to journal free writing five minutes a day. Interesting. So Which what does has that do? been amazing. You literally just write down exactly what you're thinking. You're not allowed to stop. You're not allowed to reread it. Five minutes a day, just free write constantly. And I guess just kind of documenting what crazy random stuff is going around your head because we all have so much stuff going around in our head. And actually being able to like review that later and pick that apart. It's really good. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like authors do that a lot. Like, um, they keep no scratch books with them. And so they just write out all their things and then they come up with, that's, we should do that too. That's really good. Or like, if I have yeah. a random idea, I'll like do a really bad stick figure drawing in there. Cause I'm yes. not good at drawing. <laughs> and then do, you ever, do you ever draw it and then look at it later? It's like, I don't know what that is. <laughs> Pretty close yet. Even my hand, I usually have writing all over my hands because if I don't have a book or something with me, I will not remember stuff. I have the worst memory ever, but. Same. That's why I have a question list. (laughs) (laughs) But I like that because when you're in the moment and you're trying to like come up with ideas for a shoot even, like Mm -hmm. sometimes they just don't come or they don't, they won't be natural. Whereas if you've had them written down because they came up in your brain one day, they're a lot more like true to how you normally would think, like unhinged by whatever restraints you have. Okay. Interesting question off my list. (laughs) How do ideas come to you? Not in the, not in the how I asked it before, but when you come up with things and you write them down, it's just like spontaneously coming to you, right? Yeah. So what influences that? Oh, that is a great question. <laughs> <laughs> because I know because I know when I have stuff, it's just like, hey, I saw something like that plant's really pretty. Let me write down. That's absolutely some of it. Yeah. Yeah. Like I was saying earlier, like if I see a cool pattern or light or color and I'll be like, oh, okay. I guess events, seeing things, um, experiencing something and having a feeling afterwards. Hmm. Those are all triggers, I guess. 
Interesting. So as a photography student, what do you feel beginning creatives would find useful to become full-time creatives? Oh, I'm not even a full-time creative. (laughs) It's also hard for me to picture you as a beginning creative because you have so much work out already. And I know that you have clients and that you work for people and whatnot. You also seem to have a very developed sort of niche and style that... Isn't just like, oh, I'm going to just do everything that's available. It's, you know, you've got the weird, and I love the aesthetic of that kind of. I love that that's how everyone describes my work. <laughs> like people weird? at school see it on the wall, they're like, that's weird. That must be Jackie's. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Um, that's so great, though. <laughs> it, it is. It's, I'm, I'm fine with it. <laughs> the reason I asked this question is because I found that when I was starting, there was a giant gap especially being in Winnipeg, which is perceived to be somewhere that doesn't have opportunity, perceived being the keyword. Yeah. And a lot of it had to do with, I didn't know people in the industry, that kind of thing. <laughs> okay. Yes. Um, so that's actually absolutely it. Winnipeg has so many opportunities and such a huge creative community. It's just yes. hard to find and get into. Mm-hmm. Um, so my advice to beginning creatives is reach out to everyone network 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 like literally send a message to whoever you see on instagram whose work you like ask to collaborate or just like tag along and carry their lights like (laughs) no literally when i started i well it might be a personal thing i learned from watching Mm -hmm. so just watching other creatives and like their whole process and how they worked gave me so much insight into my own process yeah absolutely just reach out because it's a very giving, welcoming community. Mm-hmm. For the most, like people will say no. And some that, people will say no. <laughs> some people will say no, and that happens. But when the people do say yes, it's usually an amazing experience. So. Mm-hmm. And then it leads to other people. Absolutely, it's <laughs> literally just a <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that's the best advice I think I could give. Cool. Yeah, you can't, but you can't live in the way of like perceiving the city to be very lacking in those opportunities. And it no, be, they're there. They're, they're just there. a it's little just really hard to than find than other find. cities. Yeah. 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 Well, it's like when people say Winnipeg's boring. It's not boring. You're just not trying hard enough. <laughs> and I feel like that's the thing about the Winnipeg creative scene is that it's actually huge and comparable to those cities. It's just not as marketed or flashed yes. around. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Put yourself out there. Yeah. Do it ask people <laughs> okay actually because i know you do videos too yeah i saw that you did time lapses and such that was cool that was so cool <laughs> yeah 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 i didn't realize how easy they are mm-hmm. great yeah. well, there's literally a setting on my camera that does it i just have to set it up how i want it to look i was like hell <laughs> <laughs> okay so as i'm learning videography it is not my strong point so how do you find learning a second <laughs> creative skill that's not your main one? What are your thoughts on that? Um, I guess I just find all the ways I can to overlap them. <laughs> right? Like the cross points. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then I just focus on making those perfect because I know I probably can. And then the rest just kind of do your best and do it as often as you can. Yep. How often do you shoot? Just curious. Do I shoot video? Video or photos. (laughs) Yeah, videos. and I'm actually curious about that because I think practice for me personally hasn't been uh, prevalent. So curious to see how often you do. (laughs) I feel like right now between school and like my personal business, I'm shooting almost every day. Whoa. It's been... Oh. (laughs) 
Um, well, we're just coming up to the end of the school year, so we have to have our portfolios finished, and it's all just getting crammed in right now. Um, as for video, I try and shoot video every photo shoot I do as well, just little clips and bits. I like to do like a behind the scenes or just try and tie it together. Um, there's always something you can practice, like transitions or keyframes, just with a couple shots. So, and this is why I have a trouble calling you a beginning creative. <laughs> right. You're not just dabbling anymore. You're no. truly like you have that formulated sort That's of intense. thought process. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I I guess last year I just kind of realized that this is just absolutely what I love. This is what I want to do. And I was like, all right, I'm gonna throw myself headfirst into it. And this is it. Either I'm gonna make it or break it. So I invested a ton of money and energy into education over the past year. And yeah, we'll just see how, see how it turns out. <laughs> yeah, Hopefully tuitions. it's not a break it. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Tuition is stressful. <laughs> just a little bit of money. Yeah, just... <laughs> I also went to a workshop in October. Oh, the one in California? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Which was Can you tell that I've like amazing. observed your whole page? <laughs> yeah, she does a really good job researching everybody. It's important. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So how did you find it? Was it worth it? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, going forward, I would like to attend a workshop a year. Nice. Yeah. I went to one January before that. And at that point, I was kind of like, can I really be a photographer? Like, I don't know. Is this a horrible mistake? Is this just like a hobby I should put to the side? I was really questioning myself. And I went out there and it was like a super small workshop. There was only five of us and the photographer. And they were all like established couples, weddings, elopement photographers who I admired. I was like, I would go to your workshops and I'm at a workshop with you. Like I was freaking out (laughs) and they were all amazing. I just left there like so inspired with my creative cup so full. And then I just took on this this past year basically um, with my motivation from that. So cool. you just have to take time to do things that you love that are for you and not other people and like refill that creative cup, like I said. Otherwise, yeah, burnout's inevitable. And <laughs> so what do you like to do to fill your creative cup? That's such a cool concept. Sorry, I just had to blurt <laughs> that in there. Just smiling in the corner. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, like I said, I do try and go to a workshop a year because those are right. always like three days where I don't have to think about anything but being with photographers and taking photos right. that aren't for paid clients who have set expectations. And I don't have to worry about like my home stuff and my school stuff. It's just me and photography. Right. So when I can't go to workshops and I'm just at home. <laughs> I know I've been really lucky lately. I am just so busy with it and I'm going to school for it. So it's literally photography all the time right now. So full immersion. <laughs> it's very stressful and overwhelming, but also I wouldn't change a thing. So Yeah, I remember you were it was like your portfolio week and you had at least one photo shoot a day. Yeah. And we was... had one week and I had nine shoots booked that week, so Holy moly. Yeah. It's She's only busy. seven days a week, guys. <laughs> well, I learned that like stacking shoots, like if I'm doing three boudoir shoots in a week, I'll just right. book like Aspire for six hours and do yeah. one after the other. <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. But I do also like to take my time because I do like to do things so organically and not set up. So people are like, oh, 45 minute shoot books. And I'm like, I need at least an hour and a half. <laughs> the yeah. first half an hour is just me talking to you and us right. hanging out and getting to know each other because that's important. There's right. like a level of trust we have to establish before we can even take photos. So if there's only half an hour, I'm like, that's not good. <laughs> right. Actually, I was going to ask you about that too, because you, you do boudoir photos. 
what is the difference? Like, do you change the protocol and how you photo people versus like normal portraiture versus boudoir? Not really. I definitely a lot more time for getting them comfortable. Um, and there's a little bit more of a process. Like if they end up completely nude at the end of the series, I never start like bang off. All right, close off. It's like <laughs> we start fully clothed, take some photos. We get talking. They remove one article, you know, mm-hmm. keep talking. They start feeling good about themselves. I'll show them like a back of camera awesome shot. And they're like, oh, I look good, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and it just kind of snowballs from there. Um, whereas it doesn't take quite as long with portrait sessions and stuff because it's a lot more natural every day. But yeah, it's still a similar mindset and approach, I think. Interesting. Yeah, we've never, I've never shot boudoir photos, but I would love to try. I just need to find a model that would do it. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. Okay, let's do that sometime. <laughs> That'd be so great. I also feel like it's just as important to be on the other side of the camera. Yeah. I don't do it often enough, but well, it just really humbles you, puts you in, in your client's shoes and yes. you're like, oh yes, this is terrifying. Right. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Well, I point my lens at people, and I'm like, it, it should be fine. It's not like a giant 70 to 200 or anything. <laughs> but no. You get a 50 millimeter that's close to your face. <laughs> yeah. Well, and then he photographs me sometimes, and he's like not like half a meter away, you know? Mm-hmm. And so it's horrifying. My <laughs> bad. But, <laughs> but well, I think it's just, I'm nervous. Yeah, but I think that's a good way to really have that empathy to your to your clients or to your models right is you don't know how somebody feels when you're 70 meters like away from them and you're directing them from that distance but if you're in you're the model and they're directing you from that distance you kind of understand like oh they can't hear me when i'm talking so then you do you bring that (laughs) right and then you bring that experience into your next shoot when you're in that when you're the shooter and i mean you have to think about agency because as soon as you hold that camera in front of someone, there's automatically a divide of power and you are the one in control of the situation. So it's so, so important to make sure that they're feeling comfortable because you don't want to abuse that relationship ever. No. Yeah, absolutely. What is the dream project? Oh. Or dream projects, plural. (laughs) (laughs) I don't actually know that I have like a said dream project. Interesting. Yeah. Um, like I said, I really just do this because this is my way of connecting with other people. And it, like that's what makes me happy is this is my... <laughs> so you're already doing it. This is um, your dream. Yeah. Like, <laughs> as long as I keep getting to meet new people and interact with them and like kind of through the lens is the only way I can handle doing that. Um, I don't really need anything more. Yeah, saying photography is an easy job would be a lie. <laughs> Such a lie. <laughs> Such a lie. <laughs> I would also be lying, though, if I said, like, I'm most comfortable working with couples. And that's honestly mainly because of my lack of ability to speak with and connect with other people. When I work with couples, they already have that intimate connection. Right. And I'm just kind of feeding into it and feeding off of it. Um, Smart. Whereas when I'm working, like, one-on-one with someone, it's like, hey. <laughs> <laughs> yes (laughs) just awkward old me over here (laughs) yep i relate to that that's why my subjects are food and products (laughs) they're not judgy (laughs) i'm like do you mind if i touch you because i can't explain with words what i want you to do right now so i just gotta (laughs) people like oh new rhythm 
can you just yeah. do a weird thing with your hand? And they're like, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, any advice for people starting out? Oh. Um, just be authentically you. Stay 100% true to yourself. And don't undervalue yourself or your time. <laughs> So um, <laughs> yeah, it's bad. Uh, one of the things I really struggled with over the past year as well, everyone was like, you need to have like a signature, a unique style, you know, um, people need to look at a photo and know that you took it or also people telling me like, take every job you can. Um, no, <laughs> that's bad advice. Don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> don't no, Don't do any of those things. Yeah. If you stay true to yourself and shoot what you want and what makes you happy, that will continue to come back to you. And I think that's the best way to go about it because if you spend years, I don't know, for example, I did like some real estate photography a little bit ago and it's just soul sucking. Yes. <laughs> you cannot not pay me enough money. <laughs> like if someone reached out to me and was like, hey, do you want to do this? I would probably be like, no, thank you. <laughs> Not for that amount. <laughs> <laughs> no amount of money. Um, and that's just me personally. People love real estate photography. but yeah. <laughs> Well, it's good. There's niches, so we're not all in the same yeah, pile. Like, I tried second shooting a wedding. Mm-hmm. And like, I will never shoot a wedding over 50 people ever again. Why? What happened? <laughs> <laughs> well, <it's> just, <laughs> oh, I mean, and it, there's things that were partially our fault, like things you need to include in contracts and talk about ahead of time. But like... You have one hour to do family photos, and she wants you to photograph Grandma Kay and Uncle Doug, and there's 200 people there, and I don't know who these people are or what they look like. I'm trying to hunt them all down. I I only have half an hour left. No. (laughs) Can't do it. Okay, I shot a wedding once where there were four or five sons, six sons. I don't don't know. It felt like there were a lot of sons. Yeah, there might have just been two. but they're like, can you go find this person? I found one of them. Couldn't find the other one. I said, okay, stay here while I go find the other one. By the time I came back, the first one was gone. And they were just never, they never got into the same spot. It's just, I don't, I don't know who these people are. <laughs> like you should have it in your contract that a family member or a friend or someone in the wedding party gets all those people set up for you. Absolutely. But lessons learned. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Wedding's under 50. I know everybody. It's intimate. We have a relationship and connection. Everything turns out better. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. Okay, so I understand where you're coming (laughs) from with weddings. But yeah, um, authentically you. Because at the end of the day, you are your photography business and your own brand. Yes. When people see you and your personality and your face, that's that's it. So. Yeah, well, because your name's on your work, so... Anyway, um, how do you determine what is authentic? I know a lot of people have mentioned to me that they find it really difficult to find a style that suits them or that, I don't even know how to put that, but they don't have one. (laughs) It's it's literally probably like the hardest part of photography. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, authentic to yourself would just be what you love and makes you happy. So if you look at something and you're like, well, (laughs) that's fair, like, it's a feeling then. Yeah, I guess yeah. it's okay. a feeling. <laughs> I think the, so doing things like workshops where you're not restricted by expectations that you have to perform because the client said so, or you had these constraints that were placed upon you and you just have this free reign to create whatever 
comes naturally to you, like that would be very close and a good starting point, I would say. Absolutely. Yeah, like those photographs I took in October were the very beginning of school. mm -hmm. And I knew so much less than I do now about the technical side of photography. And they're still some of my favorite photos I've ever taken. They might not technically be the best photos, but. Very cool. Where can we find you and support your work? Oh. (laughs) Oh. (laughs) Yeah, I have Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, uh, patron accounts, all under Jackie Funk. And then my website is Funk Photography, but photography is spelled like the old English way. Photography, F-O-T-O-G-R-A-P-H-I-E. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> I like low-key regret it a little bit now, but... Because you have to spell it out every time. <laughs> I feel like it sounds like I'm trying too hard, but that's fine. <laughs> the website's out there. It's too late now. Um, but yeah. <laughs> Very cool. Well, thank you so much for speaking on the podcast. Thank you for having me. <laughs> and for listening to the episode, consider giving us a rating on iTunes and subscribing or following the podcast. If you found this valuable to your creative pursuits, share this episode with your friends and send us a message on Instagram at 2M Creative Labs. We want to hear from you and how this episode helped you. And we will see you in the next one.